You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, this is Tim Rice, and this is episode 45 of my podcast, Get Onto My Cloud. The introduction of Chess the Musical internationally via vinyl, cassette, and CD could hardly have gone better. But our ultimate aim had always been to create a theatrical presentation of chess. When I first listened back to the complete finished recording, still available, I hasten to add, I could not have been happier. I felt the same way about it as I had about both original studio albums of Jesus Christ Superstar and Evita, and they both translated well onto stage, and indeed film. Our initial launch of chess was via a concert tour of five European cities in five days, London, Paris, Amsterdam, Hamburg, and Stockholm, in October 1984. We toured with the full forces from the record, including the Ambrosian Singers and the London Symphony Orchestra, plus, of course, all the soloists, notably Elaine Page, Murray Head, and Tommy Shorbe, and, of course, the writers, me, Bjorn Olveus, and Benny Anderson. This massive conglomeration was somehow shipped from city to city for five consecutive nights without major disaster, and the show was received ecstatically, notably in the hometowns of the three creators. So all looked set fair for the West End, where we decided to present the first stage version of chess. Basically, we cocked this up pretty impressively. If I ever get round to writing part two of my not-particularly-long-awaited memoirs, I'll be able to fill several chapters with our staggering incompetence, overconfidence, and sheer bad luck, all of which contributed to disappointing stage presentations of chess in both the West End and on Broadway, even though the London version was technically a hit, running for nearly three years and earning its investors a modest profit. Broadway investors which annoyingly included me, were, however, taken to the cleaners. 
In the end, we wound up with the New York-based Schubert organization, Broadway Giants, leading the production team, and with their first-choice director, the hugely celebrated, on Broadway anyway, Michael Bennett. He was at the helm. Bennett was a gifted, multi-Tony-winning choreographer, Promises, Promises, the Burt Bacharach Hal David musical, and Sondheim's Follies and Company, all choreographed by Bennett. And he moved into big-time directing as well with his triumphant chorus line, which won every award in the book, including the 1976 Pulitzer Prize. He was undoubtedly a great name to have in the chess mix. To be honest, I was never sure that he was totally convinced that chess was his cup of tea, but the many artistic meetings I had with him, mainly about the storyline, were always stimulating and taught me a great deal about the American approach to musicals. He was an entertaining host and always ready to have as good a time as possible, maybe even too good a time, during the pre-production period. But he was a little concerned about opening the show away from home in the UK with British stars and unfamiliar theatrical trappings. Chorus Line had run in London for three years, picking up yet more Best Musical Awards, but I know he'd have been happier starting chess on his home patch. Be all that as it may, after the show had been cast, a West End theatre, the Prince Edward booked, tickets on sale, sets built, rehearsals about to begin, Michael withdrew from the production in early 1986. Sad to say he was ill, and even sadder to say he died a year later. Trevor Nunn stepped into the breach, and against heavy odds, working with cast, crew, and production values and sets he had not chosen, Trevor managed to salvage the show, which opened to genuinely mixed reviews, ranging from very good to pretty grim. The first night was in May 1986, and it ran for almost three years, technically a hit. One of the many errors we made at the time was not to make a fresh recording of the stage show, but as the three leads, Elaine, Murray, and Tommy, would have been reprising 90% of their work on the studio album, it was felt surplus to requirements. From this distance, it seems a pity that we don't have an official memento of the show, although plenty of bootlegs exist. Because chess was not a bona fide smash in London, the enthusiasm to take it to Broadway evaporated. American investors, who'd hitherto been desperate to back the show on the strength of the album, suddenly dematerialized, and for quite a while, it looked like it wouldn't get to New York at all. I remember being rather unconcerned by this. But Trevor Nunn in particular was determined it would get to Broadway, and the overall feeling from what was left of the artistic and production team was that if it did, it would need a major overhaul. This it got in spades, primarily because of the introduction of dialogue, a spoken book, to support the songs, and drastic changes to the storyline. The added script was written by New York playwright Richard Nelson, and its main effect was to make the show far too long. Other drastic changes had the play now being set in what was then the present time, 1988, so the menace of the Cold War was seriously compromised. Perestroika and glasnost were the political buzzwords of the moment, and the importance of a game of chess between the US and the USSR was nothing like as relevant to political point scoring as it had been ten years earlier at the height of the Cold War the time in which the show was originally set. Other fairly drastic alterations included the ditching of Murano as the venue for Act One, replaced by Bangkok, which had to date been Act Two, with a new Act Two taking place in Budapest. Are you still with me? 
Oh, yes, at the end of the piece, the Americans won the World Chess Championship, not the Russians. All in all, a fairly hefty bunch of alterations. Nonetheless, the show, reluctantly largely financed by its authors, thus breaking the golden rule, never put your own money into your own show, the show got to Broadway. It ran for just eight weeks. It was panned by most of the influential critics, although that in itself need not have been fatal, as Evita had come through just as much abuse to become a ward-a-winning hit. Ditto Phantom of the Opera. The chief drama critic of the New York Times, Frank Rich, was notably rude, describing it as three hours of characters yelling at each other to rock music, which seemed to me a trifle unjustified. And in those days, the New York Times wasn't even anti-British. But the show, despite a formidable cast led by Judy Kuhn, was beyond doubt not what we'd dreamed of, and so far removed from my original tale that I was almost relieved when the Schubert organization threw in the towel. However, there were one or two pluses from our brief visit to the Imperial Theatre Broadway in the spring of 1988, just in time not to win any Tony Awards. A lot of the new material we wrote for Broadway, mine mainly under the cosh in my hotel room, was frankly wasted effort. But you never truly know what will work until it's up there on stage, for about half an hour in the case of some of the new bits. And one or two of the new pieces did work, notably a song entitled Someone Else's Story, which Judy Kuhn as Florence sang beautifully every night for just eight weeks. Long ago In someone else's lifetime Someone with my name And sadder than that she knew 
Judy Kuhn and Someone Else's Story. The song worked so well and was clearly up to the standard of the other non-yelled rock numbers, such as Heaven Help My Heart, I Know Him So Well and Where I Want to Be, that it's been retained for subsequent chess productions around the world, of which I'm glad to say there have been many. I've had the great pleasure of working with the marvellous Judy Kuhn again, notably when she took a leading role as Mikal in the oratorio King David that I wrote with Alan Menken and I'm relieved and not at all surprised that her post-chess career has gone from strength to strength. She and the American cast were always marvellously supportive of the show, and actually staged a benefit concert version of the work at Carnegie Hall, primarily for their fellow actors, some months after the show closed, which apparently was a huge success. I wish I'd gone, but I was still licking my wounds in England when it took place. But there have been an awful lot of chess productions in the last 33 years, and I dare say quite a few more in the works. Right now, in early 2021, it's been running in Moscow for several months, I assume socially distantly. Another song that made its debut within the chess score on Broadway was a short scene near the top of the show between Florence, Judy Kuhn, and Freddie, Philip Kasnoff, entitled How Many Women. This track was chosen by Professor Louise Richardson in 2016, when she was a guest on BBC Radio's famous and ever-running Desert Island Discs, choosing the eight pieces of music she would take with her when marooned alone on a desert island. I owe Professor Richardson a debt of gratitude, as she reminded me that not all the Broadway changes were a mistake. She said it was a wonderful musical, and felt that this song spoke to talented women who sometimes wind up with men they shouldn't have, men who underappreciated them. Here is that extract, taken from the Broadway cast album. drive themselves crazy by arguing over a game of chess. Not very many, the way things are going, they'll soon be one less. Don't believe you, sweetie pie. Listen, Freddie, I too had ambitions. How did I get waylaid? How can such a flower, a sensitive soul, a delicate child, wind up as a nursemaid, respectably set for the glittering Surprises! I'm ninety percent of the way to the top of the heap. Thanks, ten percent. You got me cheap. No, no, Florence. I meant we are ninety percent of the way. How many women, articulate women, with something to shout about, spend their time playing a game in which silence is golden and speaking a crime? Maybe if he. King. All my struggles for qualifications, my nights with Goethe and Proust, breathlessly abandoned for you who thinks Chekhov is king to G3 and joins my college roommate. But then when I show you a move you can't fathom, I have to admit it feels great. Great news for chess fans, yeah, that's how he did it, yeah, that's how the communist plays. Maybe I deserve a raise. I even had transport problems during the pre-production work on chess in America. 
Michael Bennett had a house out in the Hamptons on Long Island, roughly an hour and a half from New York, and he kindly invited me out for a couple of days to work on the show, and the Schubert organization laid on a limo plus driver to take me out there. It was a scorcher of a day, with an afternoon temperature pushing 100, Fahrenheit of course. I relaxed in the spacious back of the car with a cold drink and the New York Times, a newspaper I was still happily subscribing to. After about an hour, the driver, a lovely bloke called Hank, lowered the darkened windows separating our two compartments and asked me if I knew where Mr. Bennett lived. Feeling that possession of that information was perhaps more his responsibility than mine, I politely replied that I hadn't a clue. So, it still being the era when mobile phones were primitive and certainly weren't working where we were, Hank wound up the darkened window between us and pulled off the freeway into a lay-by that contained nothing but a payphone. He got out and made a call. I decided, not knowing how much longer the journey was to be, that this was an opportunity to have a quick visit to the restroom, which in this case was a nearby clump of trees. While relieving myself amid the foliage, I read a very interesting sign about Native American history, which apparently had many historical links with this part of Long Island, which might have delayed my return to the vehicle by half a minute. As I wandered back to the car, I saw Hank getting back in, and as I almost reached the vehicle, he shot off. I realized why he hadn't opened the door for me. He hadn't realized I'd left the car. I certainly couldn't care less about having doors opened for me, but I was slightly put out by being abandoned on the hottest day of the year with no jacket, headgear, cash, ID, or sunglasses not knowing where I was, nor indeed where I was going. I just had to hope that Hank would realize pretty soon that his day's work might not be considered a success if he turned up at Bennett's house without his cargo. I trudged back to the comparative shelter of the Native American clump. Cars shot by in both directions on the freeway, but none needed a phone or a pee. Anyway, surely Hank would be back in five or ten minutes, although of course he had cut himself off physically and sonically from his passenger in the back of the limo, quite rightly respecting my privacy, of which right now I had rather too much. He did return 40 minutes later. We were 20 minutes from Michael Bennett's house, and when Hank got there the first time, Michael was slightly surprised that I'd made no effort to get out of the car to greet him. Hank suggested that I was asleep, but of course, when Michael opened the door, he just saw my jacket, a cold drink, and the New York Times. Apparently, Hank then simply said, I think I know where he is and set off again without further explanation. Forty minutes later, Hank made it back into Bennett HQ the second time, this time with his client, a happy ending which we all found highly amusing, notably my family back at home. In fact, my son Donald, then only ten years old, based a short film he directed in 2007 entitled I Am Bob on this incident, with Bob Geldof playing himself as the abandoned passenger. The venue was shifted from Long Island to a remote hotel in the north of England and involved Bob having to take part in a Bob Geldof lookalike competition in order to fund replacement transport. He came second. I recommend I Am Bob highly. There's a lot more I could say about chess on Broadway, and indeed will do, but the 40 minutes in that fire pit of a lay-by remained etched in my memory as a very funny outtake and yet symbolizing the overall cock-up cycle of the entire venture. I hope I'm around long enough to witness the creation of a definitive version of chess, although there's something to be said for so many directors over the years adding and subtracting more or less at will. 
It certainly makes for an unpredictable evening at times, and whatever the quality is, it's hardly ever boring, as even the guys who wrote it have to concentrate to get the plot. But time and time again, it's been straightforward concert versions that have truly delivered the goods. I, perhaps arrogantly, feel that the original album was the best narrative we've yet achieved. And when that is sung, unaltered, by an assembled multitude of soloists, choir and orchestra, it usually hits the mark. As long as someone else's story's in there too. A final note about not investing in your own shows. Most writers are quite happy to work for a considerable length of time without any reward, and if their show fails, at least they haven't lost money, even though their income would have been zero or near zero. You need other people to invest in your work, not because you're too mean to put up the cash yourself, but to be confident that someone else besides you can see value in your creation. If you can't find anyone who rates it, this is a message, a warning. For goodness sake, don't sink your own cash into it, as you don't want to work for X years at a loss. But circumstances often make this rule hard to obey, as I found out with Chess on Broadway. I'm not looking for sympathy. To end on a chirpy note, here's the star of Donald's movie, I Am Bob, with one of the best recordings Bob made with his fine band, the Boomtown Rats. Banana Republic, episode 45 of my podcast, Get Onto My Cloud, written and presented by me, Tim Rice, and produced 
by him, Peter Holden. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.